Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. I hope you are doing well. Today, we're going to hear about company culture from Marvin Salcedo. And this was recorded at the LCR Summit. Mr. Producer was singing Marvin's praises of what a wonderful uh, company culture talk that he gave. So I'm excited to listen to it because while Marvin was giving this live at the LCR Summit, I was actually in the side podcasting room interviewing Jonathan Potoshnik. So I uh, caught about the first five or 10 minutes. And then, uh, we went and recorded that podcast. So I'm going to be listening along, uh, for the first time. Uh, this was highly hyped up by Mr. Producer. So anyway, without further ado, I'm going to have Naylor introduce Marvin and then Marvin Salcedo, who runs a huge multi-million dollar company in Texas. Uh, he's going to share with us how he's built such an extraordinary company culture without further ado. Here's Naylor Taliaferro. All right, curtain call, everyone. Let's uh, file back in so we can get continue providing all this value for today. Don't want anyone else to get stuck on just their intro. Right, Paul? <laughs> all right, guys, let's file in. We want Marvin to have as much time as he needs, and you want that time with Marvin. Trust me. No, you're not going to be cut, Paycheck. We got, we got plenty of time. If we got to cut sh- lunch a little bit short, 45 minutes of an hour, we'll be fine, right? That clock's like uh, stoplights in Mexico, right? It's a suggestion. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, what uh, the, going before lunch is the issue because, like, you know, Paul is like seeing the lunch coming in and he's on his <laughs> intro. So you know, once you see the lunch start coming in, it gets here early so they can set up. So there that's you like your warning sign. Like, oh, I guess I got to, you know, start making sure I get all my key points. Oh, yeah. No, we'll be good. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, before I officially introduce Marvin Salcedo. I wanted to just um, want to recap real quick what Jonathan was saying to me all of the time, all of the years I've known Jonathan and my takeaways has been a, an expression that I have for myself is think big and stay small. So it doesn't mean I have to be a multimillionaire to think like a multimillionaire. It doesn't mean I, I can't still be efficient. I can't still have the right equipment the right client, the right route density, all those different things that multi-million dollar companies do or should already do. You know, I was already thinking about payroll and hiring and how am I going to do it the right way and all that. 
before I even had employees. My wife's like, why are you doing all that? Because I want to be prepared. It's so much harder to go backwards once you grow than to do it the right way right out the gate. So think big, stay small, whether you want to be a half a million dollar business or a two and a half million dollar business or a hundred thousand dollar business, you should still think like a millionaire and still design, build your business that way. So that's just what I've done all those years. And that's my expression. Think big, stay small. So thank you again for Jonathan, a long care millionaire. He's going to be here all day. So uh, if you have any more questions, you know, things definitely uh, follow up with him. He's going to be doing a podcast with uh, Paul in a little bit. So thank you again, Jonathan. But so on to Marvin, my favorite thing about Marvin is this. <laughs> he he loves the brand. He is a branding machine. Although I'm not wearing any green today. <laughs> no, but this is an example. The branding. So Marvin knows all about branding. That Salcedo green, they call it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So um I've known Marvin, gotten to know Marvin for many years. Everyone, you know, that's gonna that spoke yesterday and gonna be speak, speaking today. I've known them all for so many years, and I thank you guys again for doing this and investing your time to do this. Finally put the LCR Summit together. I appreciate it. The first time I met Marvin, I went to do a Get to Know the Pro Season 2, February before COVID March, and, um, and the world shut down, but I was able to, <laughs> was able to go to um, Texas and just have a good time. He had one store, like multiple storage units in a storage facility that you took over, created a shop. Million dollar lawn, Salcedo lawn business. Now you've got many <laughs> businesses, and I'm sure you'll talk all about that. But you've been a great friend and mentor to me as well, and uh, I look forward to everything that you're going to provide. And if you want to check out that video, it's one of it's, it is the most viewed get to know the pro video on my YouTube channel at Long Care Rookie, and you can check out how to build a million dollar business with Marvin Salcedo. Without further ado, thank you. Well. Today, I get the pleasure of talking to you all about company culture. And uh, many, many, many years ago when I started my business, so I've been in business for, crap, 20 years now. And uh, I didn't know what the crap I was doing. Uh, I got out there and I just kind of stumbled my way through it. And uh, I went to the School of Hard Knocks and just kind of figured out things as I went. And I didn't really have much success uh, and actually, until I met uh, Jonathan and I jumped into the Service Autopilot Academy and uh, I learned to how to actually structure my business and put systems and processes together and be a legitimate company. Uh, before then, uh, I kind of just winged it and figured things out as I went, uh, which is a lot of kind of how I do things in life anyway. I just kind of jump and then figure it out on the way down. But uh, we'll get we'll get a little bit into that later. But I want to talk to you about company culture. And by far, I would say company culture is probably one, one of the most overlooked things in business. Uh, so many times we get out there and I know, especially with me, when I first started my business, I was like, you're going to do what I tell you to do or you're going to get fired. I didn't care how you felt about it. I was like, just get the freaking work done and or get out of the way. But the more I've gone through life and the more I realize, you know what, we're working with actual humans here. And if you think about it, we spend approximately a third of our life with the people that we work with. And I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy the people that I'm around. And when I when I don't enjoy something in life, I get rid of it. 
or I move and I get out of that situation. Uh, to give you all a little bit of, a, of my backstory and kind of where I come from, um, I grew up poor, didn't have anything. I, I come from a broken home. I lived with my dad. Um, when I was uh, 17, I graduated from high school. I moved out of the house, uh, moved, actually moved to another state. And uh, I started my first business when I was 18, I believe. Um, stumbled my way into some mild success, if you can even call it that. Uh, my first year of business, I did $6,000 in business. Uh, I do more than that in a day now. Uh, my second year of business, I did thirty grand. I do more than that in a week now. Um, built that business up a little bit. I sold it off. I moved down to Texas. Uh, I was up in Tulsa, Oklahoma before. Uh, been in Tyler, Texas, which is a little bitty town about 90 miles east of Dallas. Uh, been there for the last uh, 20, 20 years now. Um, built the business up, uh, ended up merging with another guy. Um, we merged our companies together, uh, and then we blew that business up really big, really fast. Um, when we merged, I was doing about a million in sales a year. He was doing, I don't know, 250000 a year in sales. Um, and then we went the following year, we did 2 million, then we did 3 million. And then we lost $1.2 million worth of work in a three month period. And it was devastating. Uh, we had to, uh, kind of restructure and refigure out life, refigure out our business. Um, I had to step back into the business and I was no longer able to lead my own company. Um, I had to step back into, uh, as the mechanic. And make sure that the equipment was running day to day. And uh, I remember during this period of time, um, I, I went and I, I had breakfast with Jonathan one day and uh, sat down with him. And I told him, I said, man, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what to do. I own a job I hate. I'm depressed. I, I, I hate my life. Like, life just sucks. You ever been there? That was 2016 for me. 2016 was the absolute worst year of my life. I hated my life. I had a multi-million dollar business and I was losing money. And it sucked. That time my wife and I had been married for 14 years. We both came from broken homes. And uh, when we got married, we told each other that divorce was never an option. Murder, maybe, but never divorce. And that year we were talking about divorce. We had two kids and a third one on the way. I started that year out extremely depressed. I couldn't get out of, I got out of bed and I went to work, but I was a walking zombie. Uh, I didn't talk to my wife. I didn't talk to my kids. was able to work through the depression when my wife and I were able to work on our marriage and we worked through our problems. But then that left my partnership. My partnership was failing. I remember approaching my business partner and um, at some point throughout the year and I told him, I said, man, we, we need to make some changes in this business. We've, we've got to do some stuff to, to save the business. I mean, we, crap, we just lost $1.2 million worth of work. I said, why don't we do this? We were both making 100 grand a year. I said, let's take a $25,000 pay cut each. We'll take that $50,000 and we'll put it towards the debt. It'll help us to live to fight another day. 
then we can grow the business and then reclaim our income at a future date. And I remember he looked at me and he told me, he said, no, I ain't doing it. So I said, okay, let's ride this bad boy all the way into the ground. And I knew when he told me that he wasn't willing to do that, that I had to get out as fast as I possibly could. And so I started looking for any and every option that I could. I was literally to the point that I was looking at help wanted ads and I was going to go take a job flipping burgers if I had to, to get away. Uh, I owned 70% of the company, but I don't know if y'all know math very well, but 70% of nothing is nothing. And uh, yeah, I had to get out. So I remember I reapproached him the last day, August 2016, and I told him, I said, man, this, this ain't working for me anymore. I said, one of us has to go. Either you got to go or I got to go. I don't care who. Uh, I had actually already talked to my banker and I had secured a loan for $250,000 and I was going to write him a check right then and there for $250,000 to walk away. And uh, when I told him that one of us needs to leave, he looked at me, he's like, man, I'm so glad you said something. I've been thinking about this for a long time. He said, why don't we do this? He said, when we split, split the, some clients off, you take the ones that are left over from when we joined together. And we'll throw a few more in there to round off enough for one crew. Um, you take enough equipment for one crew, he said, and you walk away. He said, I want, the, I want all the trucks. I want the employees. I want the name. I want the land. I want all the clients. And here was the kicker for me. He told me, he said, I'll even keep all the debt. I said, you know what? I said, I'll do that on one condition. I said, if the banker releases me from all liability and they let me walk away, I said, I'll walk away and I'll go start over. We, went, we met with the banker and the banker agreed miraculously to let me walk away. That night, my wife went into labor with our third baby. She was in labor. And forgive me, I get emotional telling this story. She was in labor for 28 hours. We were going to have the baby at home. After 28 hours, the midwife, she... She told me, she said, I don't, I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong. Everything appeared to be okay. Heartbeat was good. My wife was in back-to-back um, -back contractions, but she wouldn't dilate. And she said, when do you go to the emergency room? So at like 1 o'clock in the morning on September the 2nd, 2016, I loaded my wife up, and I made the 10-minute drive to the hospital in about four minutes. And... Uh, Rushed her in. We called ahead, and they were waiting on us. And uh, had her sign a bunch of paperwork, and within 20 minutes, about 20 minutes, they were cutting her open. Two o'clock in the morning, September 2nd, my, my beautiful baby daughter was born. What I didn't know is my wife's uterus had split open, and she was bleeding out internally. Doctor told me, had I come in 20 minutes later, I would have lost them both couple of things saved her life. She wouldn't dilate because had she dilated, the baby would have shifted and she would have bled out instantly. And my daughter's arm fell out of the hole and plugged the hole. Everybody's fine now. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's safe. But that was a rough week for me. I, lost, I literally lost 20 pounds that week from all the stress. 
My wife went through four major surgeries that week. She almost died on the operating table a couple of times. Uh, they ended up giving her over seven liters of blood. And Thursday of that week, my uh, business partner texted me and he said, hey, I've got some paperwork for you to sign when you get out. He had already started splitting the company behind my back. He had already went out and bought a bunch of equipment that I had never agreed to. And that's neither here nor there. When everybody got home, I went out and I met with him. I took the paperwork. I gave it to my attorney and uh, we negotiated back and forth. And by uh, October 1st, 2016, I walked away. I started over. And I had nothing. I had nothing left. I had enough equipment for one crew. I had about $100,000 worth of a, a business that was my agreement to, that I walked away with. And I started over. And in the last seven years, I did exactly what that man back there told you to do today. I got out there and I hustled and I advertised and I, I pushed my business forward. I was intentional with what I did. I do some business coaching now and I tell the people that I coach all the time, I said, you need to show up and y'all need to write this down. This is, this is good. This is gold right here. Show up to your business every day and do something on purpose with a purpose. If you do that, if you show up every single day and you do something on purpose with a purpose, you will grow your business. You may, it, may not, it may not be drastic every day, but you're going to move that needle a little bit every day, a little bit every day. And that's what I did. I was intentional with what I did. And in the last seven years, I've grown my business from nothing to over $5 million a year. We've been on the Inc. 5,000 list, uh, 5,000 fastest growing privately held companies in America list for the past two years in a row. Um, we're, we're moving and shaking. I'm on track to do 10 million in the next three to five years. And I'm shooting for 100 million within 10 years. And probably by far, one of the single most important things that has helped me in my business is my company culture. Because I have people see what we've done in our town. Because we blew up fast. I mean, we grew really fast. And I live in a small town. We have about 150,000 people in our town. I remember walking into Home Depot one day and a guy from down the aisle I hear him look, he looks at me. He's like, dude, what the hell? I'm like, I'm looking around because I don't, I don't know he's talking to me, he's talking to somebody else. And he starts approaching me fast. I'm like, okay. Then <laughs> <laughs> I realized he, he had a smile on his face and he's like, he introduced himself. He's like, how in the world did you grow so fast? It's like, man, I just do what everybody else should be doing. I said, I'm advertising. I'm taking care of my people. I said, that's all I'm doing. I'm not doing anything magical. I don't have any pixie dust over here. I'm just doing what everybody should be doing. This is so important. This, this right here, having a great company culture can radically change your business. Because we have people trying to poach our employees daily. And our employees tell them, no, thank you. I'm happy where I'm at. They've been offered more money 
fewer hours, but we take care of our people. Look at these statistics here. These are reasons that people leave a job. Approximately 10% of people, they leave to go do a different line of work. 18% go for benefits and pay. 30% uh, are others, like they're moving, different hours. They went out on their own. And 42% 40, are left over. It means that we can control approximately 60% of the reasons why people leave. 42% of the people are going to leave if you have a bad company culture. You don't have a good culture in your company. If you ever, if you ever start losing people fast or consistently, it's not because you're not paying them enough. It's typically there's, there's something wrong in your business, in your culture. There's somebody that's toxic. There's, there's, there's a bad apple out there. We, we've seen it over and over and over in our business. I can feel it when I walk in. I can tell when people's attitudes start changing and shifting that there's something wrong. There's something I need to start looking into. Matter of fact, this past year, we've gone through a massive change. People think that once you have, a, you know, I've heard people think that, oh, you got a great company culture, man. You've got it. You've got it made. No, it's work every day, all the time. We're constantly having to cultivate it. It's, it's not one and done. You don't set it and forget it. You have to nurture it and take care of it. But the really, really cool thing is, is that when you get a good company culture, your guys will fight to protect that culture. They don't want that toxicity in, in, around them, and they will start to push those people out. Because they realize that it affects everything around them. So I'm going to get into some of the things of what having a great team, a unified team, is going to do to help you in your business. And we're going to talk a little bit about some nuts and bolts of what you can do. So having a shared vision and goal, the power of a unified team. One of the things it does is it, 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 a team with a common vision or I'm sorry, without a common vision is like a ship without a compass. You have to have a clear vision and a clear goal. You have to know where you're going. When you can have a, a clear, when, when, you, when you write it down, the Bible says write the vision down and make it plain so that those who read it can run with it. You have to make it plain. You have to make it clear where you're going. The majority of my job now is vision casting. I don't make day-to-day -day decisions in my business. I'm not the one out there hiring and firing. I'm not the one schmoozing clients. I'm the one who protects our culture. I'm the one who's casting the vision and telling the people where we're going. I'm the one who's leading the ship. I get to be the fun boss. I get to show up, give stuff away. I show up with donuts and breakfast burritos. We have fun. But also, I get to share the vision. And if you can keep people unified, you can keep them headed in the right direction. And it's not one of those things that you just do once a year. Oh, yeah, our, big, you know, our Christmas dinner, we, you know, we share the vision where we're going. We talk about this stuff 
weekly. All the time. We're talking about where we're going and how we're going to get there, how we can change things, how we can adjust, how we can move. It's got to be a constant thing. You want to you foster that open communication so that your people feel the freedom to be able to come to you and tell you things. If you're that boss who's always bringing the hammer down, and you're like, you know what, just get out there and go work. I don't care what you have to say. Just go do what I say. They're not going to tell you when there's things going wrong in your company. But if you foster that open communication, and you know what, when, when my people come to me, if they have a problem, if they have a situation, if they have anything going on, come on in, come talk to me. I will make time for you. And you know what? I'm a busy man. I've got five different companies. I mean, I'm working with over 20 different uh, businesses, helping them grow their companies. I stay busy. But if one of my team members comes to me and they have an issue, I will make time for you. And if they, if they know that they have that freedom to come into my life, that I will make time for them, then they, they, they have the freedom. They know that they have the, um, or they will want to bring those issues to light. They'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I've noticed this is going on over in this area. Just wanted to let you know. And then, and then you can start heading those problems off before they become problems. When they're just little bitty issues, because you want to fix those before they grow. It's like when you get a um, splinter in your finger. If you don't, if you don't take care of it, it's going to fester and it's going to get infected and it's going to grow. And that's, that ain't no fun. That's the same thing with issues in our business. You want to head them off before they become problems. So foster that open communication in your business. And like I said, you got to have unity. You have to, you have to, you know, the Bible says a quarter three strands. Uh, um, am I saying that right? Yeah, a quarter three. That ain't right. I'm saying that backwards. Thank you. A quarter three strands is not easily broken. You know, you take a stick, it's, it's pretty easy to snap. But you bind them together with others, and y'all can conquer anything. But well, when your team is together and you're unified, there, there ain't nothing, nothing that will stand in your way. You know, I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that that is one of the main reasons that I've been able to take over as much of the market share as I have in my, in my little bitty community is because I have the people that are behind me that are on my side. And I know that my people are on my side. I've been, I've, I've actually been gone since last, last Sunday, I've been out of town. You know how many phone calls and problems I've gotten while I've been gone? None. Not one in any of my companies. Because I have an amazing team on my side. Are we perfect? No. Do we have our issues? Absolutely. But I know they have my back, and I know that I've cast the vision enough that they think like I do, and they're going to make decisions the way that I would think. Matter of fact, I, I start fostering that, that vision casting and, and start fostering that decision making from the beginning. I tell my, crew, or, uh, uh, my field managers and uh, mid, middle management, upper management, 
I give them dollar amounts that they can spend without ever coming to me. If you have an issue that you need to take care of a client with, if you're a field manager, you can spend up to, I think it's, we have a $100 limit. You can spend 100 bucks without ever notifying anybody in the company. You can go take care of that client for up to $100. Make a decision. Do what's best for the client. Get them taken care of. You can make a decision for that. The higher you go up in management, the more money you can spend without getting it uh, approved. My, my uh, middle managers or, or the, the department managers, they can spend about 500 bucks. You don't have to come to me. You don't have to get it approved. You can take care of any situation for 500 bucks. And my director, she can make any decision up to like five grand. Just make a decision and run with it. And, and they know that I'm going to back them up no matter what. Right or wrong decision, I'm going to stand behind them because I have their back. Because I've fostered that open communication and I fostered that community with them. I remember one time we had a client who he called up and he was verbally abusing the ladies in my office. And uh, my, my operations manager, uh, as soon as it started happening, he called me and he's like, what, what do we need to do about this? I said, you know what we need to do? I said, fire the guy right now. He walked over to the lady who was talking to him on the phone. He said, let me see the phone. He picked the guy up and he said, you are no longer a client with us. We don't need your money. Do not call here again and hung up. We were protecting that culture. We were protecting the ladies in our office. I don't care how much money that guy paid me. And he paid us a lot of money every year. I don't need his money that bad that he thinks he has the right to abuse my people. I don't need money that bad. That same guy used to go out when the crews were on his, uh, at his house working, and he, he would cuss at the workers and abuse, verbally abuse them, verbally assault them while they were out there. I had no less than five people come up and thank me after I fired that guy. I'm not going to tolerate that. Because I, I, I care more about my people than I care about the 30 grand that guy spent with me a year. My culture is more important than the money that that guy spent with me. Had that guy spent 300 grand with me a year, I would have fired him. I'm not going to tolerate that kind of abuse in my company. Protect your culture. It takes so much time to cultivate it and get it going in the right direction. But all it takes... All it takes is one little bitty drop of toxicity to ruin it. Think of a glass of water. Got a 44-ounce glass of ice-cold water. And I come along and I drop one little bitty drop of sewage in there. It's 99.9% .9 refreshing water. Are you going to drink it? 
Why? Because of the toxicity that's in it. That's the same thing with your culture. All it takes is one little bitty drop of toxicity, and it starts to spread throughout your entire company. Protect it. Hey guys, Jason Creel here and want to invite you to the 4th Annual Lawn Care Life Conference in Springville, Alabama. That's just outside Birmingham, Alabama, near my hometown. We have room for 300 tickets and that includes your meals. We're talking about Friday night, most of the day Saturday. We're going to free you dinner, breakfast, and lunch. We've got great speakers lined up. I'm going to be there. My friend Paul Jamison's going to be there. Naylor Taliaferro, Jeremiah Jennings, Alan Hain, the lawn care nut, Caleb and Brittany Allman, and my friend Jeremy Vest. We've got a great lineup, a lot of excitement, and every year that we've done this event the reviews have been fantastic so come hang out with us spring alabama if you need a ticket and want to register you need to do so before it sells out because i really think it's going to sell out this year this is friday and saturday february 23rd and 24th in springville alabama to get a ticket go to lawncarelife.com and click on the link for conference Say goodbye to disorganized and inefficient business management. Upgrade to Jobber, the field service management software. Streamline every aspect of your business from quoting to invoicing. Impress your customers and increase your productivity. Start your journey to success with Jobber now at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Are you looking to supercharge your lawn care business? Check out Footbridge Media. They'll optimize your online presence, manage your reviews, and provide personalized marketing consulting, all under a fixed price pledge. With no hidden charges and a 90-day money-back guarantee, it's time to take your business to the next level. Visit greenindustrypodcast.com now to discover more about Footbridge Media, your bridge to success. The power of a unified team is we need to, we need to celebrate the diversity of skills in our company. Think of if everybody in your company was exactly like you. How boring, how sad would that be? I know in my company, it might seem fun for a little while. We're out there, we're jumping to new ideas every single day, but we would never get anything done. By nature, I mean, I wake up every day and I have new ideas. My, my director has to slow me down. She has to say, hey, hey, hey whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a good idea, but we're not ready for that yet. Or she, I, and I told her, I said, look, you have the freedom in my life that almost nobody has. You can push back on me and you can tell me no. There's like, there's like two people that I'm around every single day that can do that. That's my wife and my director. And those two ladies, man, they keep me in check. I'm telling you. But my director, she, she pushes back on me. But we need to embrace that diversity. You know, you have to have team members with expertise that allows you to tackle those problems. So Jonathan was talking about earlier about simplifying your business. And I did. When I was rescaling, I kept my business as simple as possible. We did. We, I think we had three services. We mowed. We did fertilization and weed control. And we did landscape enhancements. We didn't do landscaping. We did landscape enhancements. Something that I could tell my crew at the shop in the morning, and I did not have to be on-site management. 
we'd replace a bush or two. Uh, we'd remulch your flower beds. We'd trim your bushes. That's about the extent of what we would do. Enhancing your property. Beyond that, we made it as simple as possible so we could scale as fast as we possibly could. Now, as we've grown, we've added a lot of complexity to our business. But I never even considered that until I had the right team around me. And now I've got some amazing people that work for me that have allowed me to go out and add that complexity. I now have people that specialize in landscaping. I have people that specialize in flower bed maintenance. I have people that specialize in construction, that specialize in HVAC. We have uh, licensed HVAC technicians that work for us. We have people that specialize in garage doors. We have specialized uh, house cleaners. You know, Pablo's not going to go mow your yard and then go inside and clean your house. Nobody wants that. But we, you know, we've, we've been able to add that stuff because we have the diversity of skills. As you scale, do what Jonathan said. Keep it simple until you have the money to be able to throw at that specialized, uh, that, those, those specialized people in your life. You know, I have to recognize that the team members that work for me bring something different to the table. You know, I, I, and, and matter of fact, there's been times when I've had to go back and apologize to people because I know how I am by nature. I, I, I can be a lot to deal with. Uh, I, I can be, uh, I can walk into a room and I, I have, uh, what do they call it? RBF. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've got resting bitch face and I, I look mad quite often. But it's just because I'm deep in thought. I'm thinking about the next thing that's coming along. I'm, I'm strategizing. I live five to 10 years in the future. That's where I live my life. I don't, I don't deal with the problems of today. I'm dealing with the problems in five to 10 years from now. But I, I, I have to realize that I have other people that I work with that I have to deal with their feelings and I have to deal with what they have going on in their life. And I have to come back and I have to apologize sometimes. And, you know, you know well, I'm a big enough guy to recognize that and I do it. But we have to also lever, leverage the existing experience. When we added these new services to our business. We actually rebranded our entire company in October of this past year. Before that, it was called Salcedo Lawn. All we did was lawn, landscaping, fertilization, weed control, irrigation, and flower bed maintenance. And we did a little bit of Christmas lighting. That's it. Lawn and landscaping. Well, in October of uh, this past year, we rebranded and we changed the name of our business from Salcedo Lawn to Salcedo Home Solutions so that we could encompass everything that has to do with the service industry. Then we added uh, home remodeling, HVAC, garage doors, and um, house cleaning. Uh, I'm actively looking for a plumber, a, a plumbing company to take over and also an electrical company to take over. I'm going to encompass everything. So I'm your one-stop shop for anything at your home because I want to, I want to take care of it all. Isn't it so much easier just to make one phone call rather than 10? Anyway, I could go down a big rabbit hole there. As we started branching out into this stuff, we reached out to our team members who currently work for us. And we said, Hey guys, we're going to be adding this stuff. 
let us know if you'd be interested in working on any of these teams. One of my guys who works for my irrigation division, he came up to me, he said, hey, I used to have my HVAC license. Wow. I was like, would you be interested in working that division? Yeah, absolutely. I paid for him to go get his HVAC license back. And now, until we build that out into a full-time role, he's working dual roles. He'll go do irrigation sometimes. He'll go do HVAC sometimes. But he specializes in what he does. I had another guy who stepped up. He said, hey, I did construction for years. I would love to be in the construction division. So we moved him out of landscaping over into construction. Now he does construction full-time. I uh, had a lady that I, I go to church with who um, does housekeeping. said, hey, I'm starting a housekeeping division. Would you like to come and work for me? Absolutely. Moved, over, moved her over, and she works for me. Every, every one of these things, I've looked at my team and my network, and how can I utilize the people that work for me? And then I celebrate the differences. And it's allowed us to scale further faster. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I know I'm not. Uh, yeah, I've had a level of success and I do well for myself. But I know how to hire the smartest guy in the room. And, th and that's what I do. I want you to look at, at this profile. This is my profile here. If, and if any of y'all know what a Colby score is, this tells you what your natural tendencies are. So I'm a one, four, nine, six fact finder. I hate facts. I don't care about them. Matter of fact, when people start to tell me too much detail, my brain shuts off. I, I hear uh, Charlie Brown's teacher and rah, 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 and I'll just tell them, whoa, 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 give me the cliff notes. I don't care about the details. You know, follow through. Eh, I can, I cannot, you know, I'm not great on follow through. Uh, matter of fact, most of the time, if I don't do it right away or I don't put it on my calendar right then and there, I'm going to forget about it. Uh, I'll tell people, hey, send me an email, send me a text message later on because I'm not going to remember. Uh, quick start, I'm a nine. Um, that, that's, you know, that's the part of me that comes up with great ideas that allows me to be a great visionary and allows me to push the business forward. Uh, matter of fact, Jonathan, he's a, he's a real high quick start. But that, that's that part of me that is able to jump from thing to thing to thing. It's also part of me that's probably tapped into that ADD. And anyway, allows me to jump all over. Yes, sir. A hundred percent. And then my implementer, I'm a six. I have to be careful with that because uh, I, I like to work with my hands. And uh, I can tend to be stuck. I can, I'm that, I was that guy that used to, I'll just do it myself. So I have to be careful with that. But now that I know that about myself, I'm able to head that off and make sure that I delegate that to other people. Now I want you to look at the profile of my director. She's the one who runs my company. She's a complete opposite of me. She's the one that I give when I, when I need to know facts about something, she's my fact finder. Um, I can, uh, it's, it's called a Colby test and, um, I did it through Jason cup and I can send y'all the website afterwards. Um, and he'll, he'll actually jump on a call with you. It cost me about a hundred bucks, uh, to get it done. Yeah. 
I, I've put every single one of my upper management through this. So I know who they are and how they think. Um, but yeah, just get me with me afterwards. I'll get, I'll put you in the right direction. Uh, so she's the one who I, I have researched stuff for me. She's also the one who makes sure that things gets done in our company. Now look at her quick start. She's a two. She's the one who slows me down when I'm trying to change every single I'm, crap. If I had my way, we would probably have 30 or 40 different divisions and we would be trying new stuff all the time. And we would probably be losing money like as fast as we made it. So she's the one who slows me down and makes us profitable. Uh, and then she's, she's not a highly implementer, which is great. Uh, cause she's going to be the one who's going to delegate and make sure this stuff gets done. Look at these side by side. You can almost fit her profile into mine and we make a complete person. Celebrate the differences of the people that are with you. If you do that, man, you're going to go so far. Then you need to open, uh, transparent com communication channels. You know, we, we make sure that we communicate within our team all the time when we have stuff. And especially as complex as our business has gotten, it can get muddy sometimes, uh, between departments, you know, landscaping, see something that lawn maintenance missed and they might tell their, uh, manager, but the, if the manager doesn't communicate it over, well, then the client's going to get mad. Because maybe mowing got in a hurry and they forgot a strip in the backyard or they ran out of gas, went to go refill the mower and got sidetracked, for, forgot to go back in the back and remow that one little bitty strip against the back fence. Well, if we have open communications and we're able to communicate back and forth, man, it makes everything flow a lot smoother. And if the people in your company are aligned and they're all headed in the right, right direction. They're going to want to have that open communication because they're going to want everything to flow smoothly in the company. So there's no major problems going on. We have, we use a, a an app called Slack and we have uh, different channels for different divisions and we have lots and lots of communication going back and forth People, uh, one department's communicating with another department. We're sending pictures back and forth, but open lines of communication back and forth are key in your business. And then of course, hold regular team meetings. Uh, we hold them weekly within inner departments. And then we hold a monthly uh, company wide and we we get together and we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, what's going on. How can we fix it? How can we move forward? And then, of course, uh, outside of the, the different departments, we have a manager's meeting every single, uh, every single week. We have a Wednesday morning manager's meeting. Uh, my guy back here told me he's, he moved his to daily. Daily he's having. Uh, is that company-wide or just your managers? As they say, iron sharpens iron. And I hope Marvin Salcedo uh, sharpened, edified, encouraged you in building a company culture. It's something that I have greatly failed at in the past and something I personally am trying to get better at. So uh, once again, thanks to Marvin for uh, the excellent talk. And he's just warming up uh, his speech uh, talk, whatever you want to call it, was about two hours. Uh, so uh, Naylor has replays of the LCR media in case you missed it. And he also has some announcements for when the next LCR summit is. 
um, city, dates, all that fun stuff. Um, so hopefully you can join us for the second LCR Summit because the first one was off the charts. Amazing. And I'm so thankful that I got to be there for the first one and just all the wonderful memories that were made, the life changing conversations that were had uh, personally on a, on a personal note as an attendee, the very first LCR summit really impacted me. Um, there were some things that were said to me um, from Jonathan Potoshnik specifically that really has going to help my future. And I, I'll leave it at that. But this event was powerful. And Ken Coleman has a book called Proximity Principle. And the, the point of it is you want to get into proximity, like physical proximity, like in the same room as certain people. And, and, and there's all kind of opportunities and doors that can open when you do that. So anyway, when Naylor announces the second LCR summit, I encourage you to uh, consider attending if it works out with your schedule. And also the other industry event that's uh, coming right around the corner is Jason Creel's event, the Lawn Care Life Conference in Alabama. So another great time to network on uh, the get together right before the spring rush, you know, goes into full swing. Uh, Jason's events, February 23rd through 24th in Springville, Alabama. So hope that you will join us for that one. You can register by clicking on the link in today's show notes for the Lawn Care Life Conference. And as soon as I have more info from Naylor on what his next LCR summit is, I'll definitely keep you guys in the loop for that. And if you want to listen to the whole two hours of Marvin Salcedo, the whole talk from Jonathan Potoshnik and all the other amazing speakers that were there, uh, Naylor will have that replay available for you. Uh, if it's not already out there, it will be out very, very soon. I know the the, the editors are on that and uh, getting the finishing touches on that. So, so you'll have that available. All right. Well, thanks for listening to today's show. If you've been enjoying the Green Industry Podcast, I want to encourage you to drop us a rating and review uh, on Apple. That really um, helps a lot with the way the algorithm works over there. Uh, so, um, again, if you've been blessed by the Green Industry Podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. mean the world to us, and I will read it on one of the future shows. So thanks for listening. Hope to catch you on the next episode. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.